Well, hey, everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here, and welcome to the Redeemed and Restored podcast, where we connect every Friday so that together we can intentionally discover the faithfulness of God. So today's episode of Redeemed and Restored is a bit of a deviation from my story of redemption and restoration that we've been unpacking over the last six months. It's entitled Brave in Battle and was my closing keynote for the recent She Writes for Him Braveheart Conference. I was addressing a group of Christian communicators, writers, speakers, and those with a story of redemption in their own lives who feel compelled to share it with others. However, the concepts and insights apply to all of us who are on our way to being conformed to the likeness of Christ. So I want to recommend this, get ready, intentionally have ears to hear what the Lord is saying to you, and be encouraged to say no to the enemy and yes to God. I'm going to share something that I consider to be a heavy revy, some insight into the way the enemy operates and how we oftentimes are vulnerable and don't recognize his tactics. So get ready to take some notes. So I filmed the introduction to this episode in my kitchen, which has still got a long way to go in the remodel, but we have made so much progress. New flooring, paint, new cabinet doors and drawers, new counters. It feels like new, even though there's so much more to do before it's complete, just like us. We learn and grow and get to a place where we can look back and see how much God has done even though we are not finished yet. Exciting to see growth and revel in God's faithfulness. So hey, take a moment to write a review on Apple so even more folks can find this podcast and be encouraged. Or you may even know someone who needs to hear this message, so please share the link with others. You may even wanna visit my YouTube channel to see the video version of this podcast and connect with the conversations happening over there. Type into your browser redeemedandrestored.tv and you'll find the video broadcast there. So, hey, let's get started. Okay, so our closing message to you is brave in battle. And I will never forget this moment. I'm sitting in my car in line at Starbucks And the virtual event was over and I was feeling really encouraged that all got it done and ping, somebody's texting me and I look down and it's a message from my co-host, Christina, who's always on this side of me this weekend. And she is also in process on two books with Redemption Press and is, like I've said, a latest contributor to the She Writes for Him Black Voices of Wisdom I'm going to tell you exactly what her text said. She said, as I listened to the various things that the speaker said in the last three days, I've been able to face a little more head on what I've been experiencing. I am definitely dealing with imposter syndrome. Most of my life, I've been the listener, the one everyone comes to, to pour out their hearts without asking me about mine. I've never felt like anyone was listening to me. When I did speak, I was usually dismissed. So now I feel like I'm in a foreign land of people listening to me. 
it's often uncomfortable. It has created the imposter syndrome. So when you asked me to contribute to She Writes for Him, Black Voices of Wisdom, I may have smiled and agreed, but inside I'm thinking, she thinks I'm someone else. Obviously, she doesn't know who I really am. No one really cares what I have to say. I waited for you to email me and say, never mind. Even when you asked me to be part of the She Writes for Him Braveheart Conference, I agreed to do it, but then I kept expecting you to say, oh, never mind. We found someone who would be a better fit. I didn't even think it was real. I never even bothered to look at the website about it. So when I finally did, as ridiculous as it sounds, I was surprised to see my picture there. I know it's all from the enemy. I'm a person who thinks 24-7, so he knows to attack my mind. Anyway, I just want you to know how much I love you and I appreciate you. And I thank you for seeing me and believing in me. The tour was amazing. Thank you. Okay. So I'm sitting in my car, like wrapping my head around this amazing woman saying this to me. And I go, girl, you are called by God and he has given you a gift to communicate. I mean, I had been completely blown away by the stuff she'd written. So, I mean, this like did not connect for her to be saying what she was saying. So I just said, we're going to defeat the enemy's tactic against you that lies about who you are. And I said, this is my, these were my final words that like changed everything. I said, you are not an imposter. He is. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just said that. I can't believe I just like connected some dots here. Fireworks go off in my head and in my heart. The hallelujah chorus is going off. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're on to something, Christina. So I text her back and I just say, I just had a heavy revy. <laughs> I don't know if that's really a word, but I mean, we just recently published a book called Overcoming the Narcissist, Sociopath, Psychopath, and Other Domestic Abusers which by the way, is a finalist in the SELA Awards this year. And here's what I learned from the author of that book, that abusers project. That means they call you what they are. So here's an example. If you're married to a narcissistic sociopath and, and he's an abuser, which they always are, if he tells you that he knows that you're cheating on him, the truth is, he's cheating on you. That's how it works. So get this. Satan calls you an imposter. Why? Because in reality, he's the imposter. In fact, he is the ultimate imposter. So let's unpack this a little bit. The depth of this reality is he projects who he is on you to try and get you to own it. He says you're a loser because he is a loser. He is a defeated foe. He says you're unworthy because guess what? He's unworthy. His rebellion got him booted out of heaven. He says you've gone too far for God to forgive you because guess what? That's what he's done. 
He's gone too far for God to forgive him. He says, you aren't good enough because he isn't good enough. There is no going back for him. He can't ever be good enough to get back into heaven. He says, you'll never change because that's who he is. He will never change. In fact, his tactics and his devices are predictable because he's always a liar. He says you'll never measure up because he will never and can never measure up. He allowed pride and greed and rebellion to consume him. So he was displaced forever and his future secured in the lake of fire and brimstone. Revelation 20.10 says the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Whoa. So that's why, ladies, we have got to grow in our ability to take our thoughts captive and say yes to God's narrative and no to the enemies. We have to do our part in obedience. What does that look like? That looks like you better be putting your daily armor on. If you do not put your armor on every day, you, my friend, are a spiritual streaker. You are running around naked if you don't have your armor on. <laughs> not a great picture. <laughs> Sorry about that word picture I just put in your head. You get my point. Every day you have to choose to be grateful. You have to decide ahead of time, instead of saying, why me? To say, God, what are you teaching me? You have to every day decide not to go to bed angry. Because if you do, you're giving him a foothold. And he's going to take advantage of it. I promise you that. You need to ask God every day to show you any doors that you may have inadvertently opened with new age or occultic practices. And you, you, you might not even realize you've opened those doors. So you, have, you need to ask him to show you if you have, and then repent and shut those doors. And I'll, I'll just give you an example that's going around the church, that's going around Christian writers groups, the Enneagram. I mean, hey, I had to repent for publishing a book about the Enneagram because I thought I did my homework ahead of time. Turns out I did not. I did not go far enough to find out that the roots of that were based in the occult. And now that thing is like taking over lots of Christian writers groups. What better way for the enemy to get in but through something like that, that people just think, oh, it's just a personality tool. Well, guess what? No other personality tool out there is rooted in the occult. I mean, really, that's like saying, hey, we're just going to like use a Ouija board while we play some praise music. How ridiculous is that? Guess what? Using the Enneagram, it's that bad. It is not redeemable. So I might offend somebody right now with that statement, but you know what? I don't care because it's the truth. 
and you really do your own research and you'll find what I'm talking about. So ask God, that's just, sorry, I got a little bit up on a, on a little bit of a rant, but that's important. You do not need to open the door to the enemy in any way because you can't afford it if you are called by God to write for him. Okay, you need to ask God to show you every day. Is there any unresolved wounding that you need to take action on? That is a great question to be asking him. And just as a side note, I praise God for the pandemic because it has forced to the surface wounds that have been long buried, out of sight, out of mind, but not healed. And as they've come to the surface, well, what do we see around us? A rise in domestic violence, a rise in suicide, a rise in, in addictions. That's because those issues are coming to the surface that have not been dealt with. And you know what? He has given us this time with the lockdowns and everything to actually get quiet enough to start to process some of those things. Praise God for that. So here's the deal. Whatever God loves, Satan hates. Okay, let me let me elaborate on that a little bit. God loves you. Satan hates you. God loves marriage and family. Satan loves divorce. God loves purity. Satan loves to defile. God loves humility and Satan loves arrogance. God loves obedience. And Satan loves, re oh, he loves it if you rebel, if he can stir that rebellion up in your heart. He loves that. God loves order. Satan loves chaos. Have you seen all the chaos he's stirred up over this last year? Oh, my goodness. God loves truth. And Satan loves deception. God loves redemption. And Satan loves to keep you lost. God loves restoration, but Satan loves destruction. God loves healing, but Satan loves it if you allow your own trauma and wounds to remain unhealed. He wins when you do that. God loves reconciliation and Satan loves separation. God loves unity. And Satan loves division. God loves you and he has redeemed you in ways that you can give him glory as you tell that story. That's why the enemy wants to shut you up and silence you. So here's what we have to do in order to be brave in battle. We have to understand who we are. Loved accepted, forgiven, adopted, worth it, and his. We are his. At most time, even as believers, we still need healing from those traumas in our lives that we're hoping will just go away. Because here's the deal. If we don't allow him to heal us, we will never believe the truth about ourselves or about God and we won't have anything of significance to pour into other people. So here's what I believe. 
from my personal experience. Unhealed trauma in our lives is what keeps us vulnerable to the enemy's lies and blinds us to God's truth. In order to be brave in battle, we have to understand who he is. He's good. He's faithful. He's trustworthy. He's sovereign. He's not shaking his head in heaven going, man, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that, you know, her husband was going to lose his job because of the pandemic. I didn't see that she was going to get rejected by that agent or that publisher. Guess what? He's sovereign. If he doesn't cause something, then he allows it to refine us and teach us about his faithfulness. If we haven't let him heal those places of brokenness, then we're going to have a hard time believing that he's faithful and good and trustworthy. In order to be brave in battle, we have to understand how he works. He works all things together for good. He gently encourages you to trust him. He whispers to you the truth about who you are. Of course, if you remember what Eva Marie said, you're not going to hear it if you don't hush. In order for us to be brave in battle, we have to understand who the enemy is. He's a liar, an abuser, intent on killing, stealing, and destroying. He can't steal your salvation, but he can sure destroy your testimony if you let him. In order to be brave in battle, we have to understand how he works. He tries to intimidate. He gets you to respond out of fear. He twists scripture to throw you off. He attempts to isolate you and silence you. He shouts lies to you about who you are. So we have to learn how to distinguish the voice of the Lord in contrast with the distortion of the enemy. Here's a very incomplete list and not in order of importance at all. But this is just to start to help you wrap your head around the contrast because between the enemy's voice and the Lord's. So the enemy roars loudly while the Lord whispers softly. The enemy accuses you, but the Lord affirms you. The enemy distracts you while the Lord helps you focus. The enemy intimidates you while the Lord reassures you. The enemy condemns harshly while the Lord convicts gently. The enemy shames you while the Lord encourages you. The enemy isolates you while the Lord draws you into community. The enemy incites fear while the Lord inspires peace. The enemy creates chaos, but the Lord brings order. The enemy controls you, but the Lord gently guides you. The enemy lies and deceives, and the Lord tells the truth. The enemy destroys cruelly, while the Lord redeems 
lovingly. The enemy means for evil, but the Lord uses for good. So I want to kind of share a little bit as we're closing up here, just how God used this pandemic in launching me into an area that I just like really wasn't thinking about doing anything with. And that was Facebook Lives. So last March, you know, everything shut down, right? Well, it was coming up on my my birthdays late in March. And I was like, Lord, everybody's like running around like a chicken with their head cut off. They're freaking out about, you know, shutdowns and everybody's fearful and, you know, just like the news fear mongering and all this. I'm like, what can I do? And what I kept hearing in Christian circles, which is, I mean, we even have this scripture quoted in, in our program and it's valid. Absolutely. But where it talks about in Esther 414, where who knows that you might be in the kingdom for such a time as this. But here's what was just niggling at me. And I felt like I had to do something with it. And it was the first part of verse 14, where it says, if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise from the Jews, for the Jews, from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. So I'm like, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be, eh, I don't want to speak up. I don't want to say anything. People hate Christians now. I mean, it's even, you know, politics, all that stuff. Oh, nah, I don't really want to speak up. I don't want to be that person because I read that first part of the scripture. If I shut up and don't say something, he'll find someone else to do it. I was like, okay, I'll just do whatever. And all of a sudden it was like, just start doing a Facebook live every day on my personal page. And so on March 29th, I started with 21 days to fearless something. (laughs) I can't even remember the name, but you know what? I just, I'm like, okay, I just need to encourage people not to be in fear, to just trust God and not be fearful. And so I just did. I started going on at five o'clock every day on my personal Facebook page. And I did the first 21 days. And then I did 30 days to holy resistance. It was about spiritual warfare. And I, I went for 30 days straight. And then I started on words and thoughts based on me, the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. So then I started just talking about scriptures, about words and thoughts. I mean, I was not trying to sell books. I was not trying to, you know, I I just was trying to be obedient. And probably around the middle of July, my husband said, you know what? I really feel like you need to start taking a Sabbath. Because I had gotten into this where I, I just have to be there for people every day. Or, you know, I started taking Sundays off, but that's a work day when you're married to a pastor. And so I was like, okay, I'm convicted. You're right, Lord. I need to take, I need to start taking Mondays off. Because we take, Mondays was supposed to be our day off, but I was still doing my Facebook Live on Mondays, which meant I had to prepare. 
So I just said, that's it. I spent some time with the Lord, just super convicted, decided to start not only take the month of August off altogether, not do the Facebook lives for a month, but then to start taking Sundays and Mondays, go off Facebook, not look at my email, which for me is not easy. And I just like, okay, I'm going to force myself to unplug, which was that, I think it was the fifth or sixth that's Dr. Sandra Dalton Smith, when she listed the seven ways of rest, that uh, sensory rest, I had to do that. It was like, wow, that just rejuvenated me. So when I came back in September, I went Tuesdays through Saturdays, five nights a week, five o'clock every day. I moved it to my author speaker page. I don't even know why I did that, but I did because somebody told me I should. So did that and went through until just this last about uh, the beginning of February. And I felt like I needed to start doing my month, my daily Facebook lives on the Redemption Press page and started doing it at three o'clock. I know what happened. We celebrated our seven year anniversary and we did like five days in a row on the, on the Redemption Press Facebook page. And so I decided to move that ministry over to the Redemption Press page, which I now do the spoken word about the written word, my thoughts on his words every day, Tuesday through Saturday at three o'clock. But, you know, just to think about how God has just, it's been so amazing to just obey him in that. And without a, an agenda, without an expectation, I was just willing to do what I felt like he was asking me to do. And it has been, it, it has been a joy. It really has been so much fun to do. So, I mean, I'm digging in the word. I'm a word girl and I'm digging in the word every day to see what he has to say. And he has been every day. Like, I know I've read this scripture before, but I'm telling you, it came alive to me today. That like happens every day. It's amazing. Okay. So I want to wrap this up with a story that another story. And this is about my pastor, hubby, the guy that I was actually picked out for by his late wife of 49 years. When she looked at me and said, you know, I told Ross, if anything ever happens to me, he needs to marry you. And when she said that to me, I was like, Whoa, what? Like, does she know she's sick or what? She didn't know she was sick. A year later, she was on her deathbed and made a list. And I was number one on the list. And I mean, it's such an amazing story. But this is a story that he's told a number of times since we've been married. We've been together for seven years now. Haven't had a fight yet. Praise the Lord. He is the perfect guy for me. But he just tells this story. He had this friend who was a playwright, a pretty famous playwright back in the day. And his name was Bill Master Simone. And he was, my hubby, was the spiritual advisor on the set for this particular play that they were doing. And so after they were like, it was a Friday night and they were done for the week and they were all at this like five-star hotel in the restaurant. And he was like, man, I, you know, guys, I got to go. And the whole, the crew, the, the, the writers involved in the play were all sitting around the table. 
And uh, he's just like, hey, I got to go. And they're all, why? Well, I got to write a sermon. They're like, hey, we're all writers. We'll help you write your sermon. So for the next few hours around that table in that five-star restaurant, these creatives helped him outline his message. The main theme of the sermon developed around that table, and I think it applies to us today. And in all that we do as writers and speakers for him, just keep that in your mind as I share what the message was that they came up with around that table. In the story of your life, you're the star. In the story of life, this is hard to do without getting weepy. (laughs) Okay. And it's hard to talk when you get weepy. I'm sorry. Okay. In the story of life, we're all extras. What's the job of an extra? To shine light on the star. Whether you write articles or devotionals or blogs or micro blogs or books, your message has the opportunity to impact readers and fill their hearts with hope. So you're going to spotlight Jesus and his faithfulness and illustrate the way he redeems and works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. So for him to increase, we have to decrease. He's the star. We're the extras, right? So let's make him famous with the words that he gives us. And only when we do that can we be brave in battle. So I'm going to leave you with this scripture in the classic Amplified Bible translation in Psalm 68:11. I'm going to proclaim this t- to you. The Lord gives the word of power, and the women who bear and publish that news are a great host. So let me just say, you women in this She Writes for Him Braveheart Conference who bear and publish that good news are a great host. So thanks for joining us today on the Redeemed and Restored podcast brought to you by Athena Dean Holtz and the Romans 828 Bookstore, a division of Redemption Press. I'd love to have you review and share this podcast with friends, family, and others who could use the encouragement And be sure to check out my YouTube channel at Athena Dean Holtz for more tips and tools to help you find the faithfulness of God. So thanks for joining us today. See you next week for another episode of Redeemed and Restored.